Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and after kind of a rough start with our technology, I am here with Abby Turner, one of our friends here at the podcast, who is the blogger. She's an author. She's author of the book, uh, The Living Table, Recipes and Devotions for Everyday Get-Togethers. And today, we have had her back on the podcast just because I would love to talk with her about being a praying single woman. Our podcast is obviously the Praying Christian Women podcast, but I want to focus on singleness. Um, So Abby, your story that you shared with us when we interviewed you before just has a lot of elements of singleness as kind of the launching pad for some of the ministry that you do and the book that you wrote. So um, thanks for coming back on the show so we can talk. Yeah, for sure. I think that there is a lot that. we can unpack in being single women and being single women in the church and in our culture. And so, yeah, I'm excited to, to dive into it. Yeah. Well, we just, the last, I guess the last year or so we've had multiple people either comment or, um, or request topics that involve singleness. And I don't think there's a lot out there. And we even got one of our, we don't get a lot of negative reviews on the podcast, but one was very sad for me because it was a negative review. And it said, just like everywhere else, I scrolled and scrolled and there's nothing for singles. And I was just heartbroken. And I really was like, we need to, we talk about singleness sometimes, but I want to have an episode where people can scroll through and be like, I am seen, look, there's an episode for me. If I need encouragement and I'm single, this is the one. So I I appreciate you being willing to be the one to come on and talk with us. So before we get into it, though, we do love to ask what your favorite prayer closet is. I know we asked you the last time, but they change sometimes. And I'm sure people would be interested to hear. Yeah. So I, well, I'm currently building a house and I just saw a chair today that has been recovered. That will be my prayer clock. That will be the chair that I sit in, that I spend time with Jesus in. It is a beautiful raspberry color. Oh, I'm, I'm dreaming of it now, um, oh, but I I'm in a that. new apartment and um, probably since the last time we've talked and there is a swivel rocker chair in this apartment. Mm -hmm. And I am loving it. I'm really big on crisscross applesauce and chairs. Um, especially when I'm, I've got my Bible open or I'm spending time with Jesus. And so that is kind of the place where I am. That's kind of my nest. (laughs) I love that. I was just thinking, cause my, my prayer closets have changed over the years and my, I have a prayer chair in our kitchen. We have like a regular kitchen and then like the little Eden area that's by the sliding door. And I love to sit in my little prayer chair that's stuck in the corner. It's next to the wood burning stove and right able to look outside. 
um, out the sliding door. So it's perfect. And that is where I keep my little, I have a little, um, like a tote bag with my Bible and some journals and stuff. And I just have it over, like kind of slipped over the arm of the chair. It's like one of those gliding rocking chairs. And that's my prayer chair that has become my place. So I get it. The chair thing. It's a, it's a big, it's a, it's a part of me. <laughs> it is. I am not flexible enough though, to do the crisscross applesauce on the chair. I can do one leg under me and I like to do that, but I want to get flexible. Cause that's, I, I, I want to do that. That's my hey, goal. Well, let me tell you, I turned 33, like two weeks ago and 33 has hit me really hard. My knees cannot stay in crisscross applesauce like they used to. So my hips can still do it, but my knees need a little bit of, uh, of strength training. I think. Yeah. And it's the getting back up. That's always the problem getting there. You can do it, but yeah, the getting up for me, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm ahead of you. I'm 45. So I've been dealing for a long time with lack of flexibility, but yeah, who knows? I, it's a goal though. I can, I can work oh, toward yeah. that. Always. <laughs> well, I wanted to start off just by asking you, um, not to put you on the spot, but what is something, or even a few things that you just wish everyone knew about being a single Christian woman? Yeah, you know, I I think that one thing that I've really learned in being single is that in the single books out there, um, they talk about waiting and even, um, you know, Valentine's Day and I guess certain times of the year, but especially on Valentine's Day, you can even see on Instagram and in the way that Christian leaders talk about Valentine's day and singleness and everything. They're like, you need to put all of your faith in God and you need to wait for that perfect man. And while yes, that is head knowledge. We know that as praying Christian women, mm-hmm. but our heart sometimes tells us a different story that that waiting can be so hard. And it has taken me a long time to get to the place where waiting is not a passive verb, but an active verb for me. Mm. It's a, in this waiting, how can I be eagerly preparing for what God has for me, whether or not that's marriage, whether or not that's what's you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, I pray it's a family right now. That's the desire. But what does scripture tell us? The closer we are to God, the more our desires align with his desire for us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would tell the single woman out there that don't get overwhelmed or frustrated or sad or discouraged when you hear people try to encourage you, especially in the Christian community in waiting, they are not encouraging you to just sit there and be still and just not do anything about it. They, that word waiting translate that as a, an active verb of, Hey, I'm going to eagerly prepare. I'm going to put myself in a posture to receive the Lord in this time in a way that when I have to share my life with a husband, I might not be able to, when I have to share my life with three kids and two dogs and a job and all of the stresses that come with family, while it's a blessing, it's, this is also a very precious time where we can sit 
we can turn our ear to Jesus to just hear what he has for us today and be good stewards of today and not lose this time or waste this time longing for something that we aren't guaranteed will happen in the future. Mm -hmm. I love that. Just that idea of waiting, not being passive, but being active. And I mean, it is a verb. So, you know, well, waiting is a, what is that? an infinitive, but whatever. I don't know what it no, is. But yeah. 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 I'm not an English major. <laughs> I know I, I get caught up, but to wait, that's yeah. Anyway, to wait yeah. is a verb. It's not a nothing. And so I yeah. love that perspective because there are things that you can be pushing forward to. And, you know, not that, um, and I think the, you use the word longing for something, longing for something, that may or may or may not be in the plans, but certain longings are good um, to strive toward or to, you know, to prepare toward, like you're saying, and both the, let me prepare myself. If that is God's future plan for me, I'm not going to have necessarily this, this precious time of relationship with God. Um, And also let me allow God to do what he wants right now to prepare me for the time when, you know, whatever it is that he's doing in me now to get me ready for whatever might be ahead. So I think that's a really, really helpful picture. Yeah. And I think that we can define waiting in a worldly sense and in a biblical sense. Mm. I think the worldly sense, if you look at how the world defines waiting, I think the definition says something like, um, to, to stay where you are or to stay put for a minute. Um, and I think you can even like maybe one or two or part three of the, of the definition is like to be eagerly impatient. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I'm not, I didn't go to seminary, but I don't think that when the Lord says like, wait patiently on me, he's saying, be eagerly impatient, patient on me. I think that if you define the word wait, biblically, it is to not to delay action, not to stay where you are, but to turn our focus on the Lord and listen to him and Mm. be be actively um, pursuing him in that waiting. Oh, yeah. And. I mean, there's no other way to find fulfillment because we can, we can strive after something, but if we're not striving toward God, then we could be way off base. We could be way in the wrong direction. So that is, yeah, that's really a good way to put it. Well, I'm wondering, I've heard multiple single friends talk about how, single men and women can be left behind in churches. Do you agree with that? And why, or why not? You know, I very, very narrow focusly focused, narrowly focused. Um, I think that you can say, yes, singleness is left out of the church. Um, I, I think that the church has defined maybe five people groups in there or age groups in churches. You, you know, you have the young children, you have students, you have young marrieds, married and maybe senior adults. And, 
you, you miss a lot of the different components in there. Not only do you have singleness, but you also have widow. You also have, you know, people that are walking through divorce with families, like where, and so I, I know that we're focused on singleness. Um, but I do want to, um, call attention that singleness is always not 25 to 35 or 25 to 40, you know, never been married, but right. there are moments in life where we find, we might find ourselves single. Um, and we didn't anticipate being single. Um, and so I, it doesn't look like one shape way or form or whatnot. So I do think that though it's a hard age group to pin down because it's not an age group, right? There's no age group, right? It's a stage, a phase of life. Um, and that I think that singleness and single ministry got a bad rap that it was just like a meat market Mm -hmm. that we bring young people together and all they want to do is date and it, we don't know how to control it. And so we're just not going to do it. We're going to focus on men's groups and women's groups. But then I live in a very young professional um, community. And if your church isn't providing ways for young men and women to meet, then they are going to go meet outside of church, which is not always the healthiest place to meet um, at bars, at clubs, at night, you know, in nightlife. And so I think that there is an opportunity for churches to come together. And maybe it is through a hodgepodge of different phases of life. Maybe it is bringing co-eds together. Um, I know that when I first moved to Northwest Arkansas, I was a part of a co-ed multi-life stage community group, which is kind of like a Bible study. And one of the coolest things that I remember thinking coming out of that, and I think I, I think I cried after I went that night because I was hearing men talk about and being intentional about and being thoughtful about scripture. And that's not something I had had in my life for a long time. And so sometimes even like being in co-ed groups can encourage single women and single men to like, wait, be eagerly waiting on what God has. Like there is a man out there that will chase after God. Like you're chasing after him that will chase after understanding scripture, just like you're under you're chasing after understanding scripture. And when we lose sight of the standard of what we're hoping for, of what we're longing for, of what we're praying for. And the, the Christian man in our life, it's our dad or it's our pastor, and we're not seeing it lived out in our community, then I think it becomes hard for us to envision and to wait for that Christian godly man. Um, we become watered down in our standard and our standard now becomes, okay, you know what, if he is just morally good and he votes the way I vote, or he eats the way I eat, or he, you know, talks the way I talk, then you know what? I, I could marry him. That's not what it's about. It's about 
finding your partner to chase after God with. And if you don't have that standard, if you don't have a a group of men or women in your life that are displaying and putting that standard um, on display, then your standard is going to be watered down. It's going to be whatever TV show you're watching or whatever group you're hanging out with on Friday night. Like, And so I think that the church has a real opportunity, not only to connect single people, no matter what age you are, but connecting us with each other so that we're kind of spurring each each other on. We're edifying this passion and this desire. That is so good, Abby. And I have seen that in action. I I remember in college at a campus ministry, what we had there, I was dating someone in college and I just didn't feel like we were necessarily on the same page spiritually in general with life. And we ended up, uh, being in, I ended up, we kind of ended up going our separate ways. And I went in that campus ministry. I exactly what you said. I saw this example of godly young men that were, that were chasing after God. And whether you end up with one of those young men, isn't the point. The point was, it wasn't that, that I had one of those young men in mind. It was the hope of someone that I saw because I saw their example. And I have never heard anyone articulate it like that. And I just, that is so important. Um, and I think that, you know, you and I aren't going to necessarily create the perfect group right now, but maybe someone listening is involved in their church and is able to, to, you know, take some of these things that you're saying and take them back to their local churches. Cause that's where it begins. Um, my in-laws are very, um, I think God has just placed a, a burden on their heart to minister to singles. And they have for many, many years, and they've come across a lot of hurdles and a lot of difficulties and the age thing. And how do we work with that? If we're in a small church, how do we deal with that when there are five people total that are coming to the group or, you know, there, there are all kinds of hurdles, but there are solutions to those things. And, and I just think that, yeah, it's, it's important to not let the single ministry slip through the cracks. And I think that as Christians, we can put a lot of emphasis on the church. The church Mm -hmm. needs to solve the problem. But I think what you see Paul doing in a lot, in most of his, if not all of his letters, he's saying, it's not about the church. It's about the community. It's about the people. You are the church, even if it's not right. Yeah. It's not about the capital C. When I see, when I talk about the church, it's like the, the administration, right? It's the, they don't have to start the group. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it could be, there is a, a couple in, in my, um, at my church that has, you know, every, every month they fill their table. I think their table holds like eight to 10 people. They fill their table with young adults that are co-ed. And so there are men talking and women talking and relationships are formed there, whether they're friendships, whether it's like, Hey, I might take an interest in that girl. Um, I'm going to ask her whatever kind of spurs from that, but their goal is to get co-eds together in a non-threatening environment we're just eating dinner and we're hanging out and we're playing a game and they have 
um, you know, a, an organized matter to it. And so they are creating not necessarily a structured singles ministry, but they're creating an environment where Christian men and women can come together and have edifying and encouraging conversation. And it, it's around God. It's not around, you know, things that are less life-giving, <laughs> if you will. So, I, I mean, I think that while, yes, we can look at the church and we can say the church isn't perfect. No, the church will never be perfect because it has imperfect people in it. But if you are single, if you're listening, try and find your group of people um, that you can have a you know, a co-ed night together. If you are married and you're a part of a church and you see that need, um, you know, can you fill your table every month, every other month, once a quarter with single people in your community? Um, I think, you know, when we open our eyes to the need, that's where God uses us and God kind of works. He does what we can't. Um, and I think that that's the beauty of being in community and serving others, but also allowing God um, to come into those spaces. Oh, that is great. I love that. And just this, uh, yeah, I mean, that is being the church and being the church doesn't have to mean having a sanctioned church organization. And in your community, you might have singles from seven different churches and you can invite them all, <laughs> but you know, that, that goes back to kind of the heart of your book. So could you just share briefly your story of how, what inspired you to pursue hospitality? Cause I think that will be really encouraging to a lot of people. Yeah. So obviously I'm single <laughs> and 33. Um, and I, right after college, I didn't do the whole married thing. Um, and I was really uh, insecure about it, not content at all where I was in my life, but I went on to get my master's degree. And so was just kind of preoccupied, kept my mind busy doing other things. Um, I moved around within like a five-year period. I was in like five states. I moved like every year. And one thing that I got really good at was, you know, plugging myself into a community, whether that was, okay, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to be a part, but I never like had friends. I was really good at being busy and being around people, but was never, never had that like soul community. Um, and so I was living in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was about to give up. I was just very, uh, very discouraged at that point in my life. And I think I was like 28 and I, um, so I called my mom and I told her, I am not going to do this anymore. I'm going to move home. I'm going to live with you. You are my community. Like I'm done. And she goes, no, Abby, you need to invite people over and you need to cook for them. And I was like, I don't cook. And she was like, well, you need to try. And I was like, well, tzatzikis it is. And she was like, Abby, we can't just order out. No, we're not going to do that. Um, make, go find a recipe on Pinterest and make it. And so I tried to make a uh, cheesy tortellini, which tortellini has cheese on the inside. And so it does not need cheese on the outside. It needs like <laughs> or an olive oil or a pesto. And so learned my lesson really fast that that is not a great meal. However, my friend loved it. 
so much that she invited someone else over the next week to my house. Like it wasn't just like her house. She was inviting people over, but she was like, Oh, Abby cooks once a week and we're going <laughs> over to her house. And I was like, girl, I don't think that that is how Emily post would address etiquette. Um, but okay. And so we started one person in my house turned into five people in my house, turned into a, a women's Bible study that, that season, that semester um, of my life. And I just remember looking back when I moved from that, from that city, I was like, you know, God did a lot with a little, um, Mm -hmm. and all it took was me being obedient one time for him to just overflow my life. Like I had no idea that that's how it was going to end up. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Fast forward three years, I moved up to Northwest Arkansas, needed to do the exact same thing. And so started cooking, um, for people and I have a, I have a huge family. So, um, Easter, Christmas, birthdays, Tuesdays are big deals. Like any day of, we are always together. And I remember when moving to Northwest Arkansas and saying, I'm going to stay up here on Easter because I heard a statistic that Easter is the, um, easiest holiday to get people to go to church and then come over for a meal. And so I was like, okay, if that, if that is what I want, like in my life, then this is the day. And so in, in kind of encourage some friends to come to church with me that I worked with that weren't in church. They came to church in a 1200 square foot apartment. I had three card tables in a six top table. We were, I had moved chairs from my living room into my bedroom so that I had enough space for people to sit. And it was the most life to this day, the most life-giving meal I've ever had. Um, because we were crammed in a tiny apartment. We were having so much fun. It, we had, you know, started the day with Jesus. Um, it just, it, really put in perspective what God can do around a table. And so then I started a blog, a tabletop affair. And then, um, coincidentally, the publisher reached out to me and asked me to write a book on singleness. And I said, no, (laughs) I did not want to be the poster child for single women. Um, but, 
uh, wove it through and wove my story through a book about getting to the table um, that I think is pertinent for all walks of life. But I really thought it would resonate to the single woman. But I have heard from so many women 60 years and up that they are empty nesters, that they have all of this time on their hands and that the living table encouraged them to start cooking for young adults, to start bringing people to their table because they had time now to cook or they had the means now to cook for people and take meals to you know new families or sick families. And so the way that God takes a little and just oversaturates our life with his goodness and his blessing all to just glorify him, um, has been kind of the cornerstone, um, of this season of my life of God is just asking for a tenth. He's just asking for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he says with that, I will over and an abundance fill, fill your life and fill your house. So, um, little bit about me, but I'm still single. But not, but not alone. I think that that is the thing is I'm single, but I'm not alone. Um, I'm not uh, doing this life by myself. Um, I have an incredible community and that has come together because I was obedient in eagerly looking for opportunities to love and serve others in this time. Yeah. And just look at the, the doors that were opened. I mean, that's so beautiful. And what I love about your book is if there's someone listening that thinks, well, I want that, but I, I don't cook. I mean, you mentioned that you told your mom, I don't cook. Well, your cookbook, uh, your cookbook is, uh, designed for people that That don't, don't (laughs) cook. And it's, it has like, you can get, it's not like, oh, you have to create this pizza dough from scratch. And, and this is the way that you, you know, uh, make a homemade phyllo pastry, you know, it's very basic and yet, I mean, just gorgeous stuff that you create. It's a beautiful book. I wish I had my, I wish I had my copy here, but we're not doing video anyway. So it wouldn't matter. People would just be like, oh man, but you, you just need to go to a tabletopaffair.com and check out Abby's cookbook because the living table, it has recipes. It has devotions for everyday get togethers. It, and it is beautiful and it is so helpful. My very favorite recipe, and I've used it all the time. This is on my regular rotation is the goat cheese balls, the panko cheese balls. My husband and I have a favorite salad at a restaurant that is no longer here in Anchorage. Um, and it has goat cheese deep fried. And I didn't know how to recreate those because I don't have a deep fryer, but your instructions were really easy. I just did it on in a pan and I used panko and I get the big log of goat cheese from Costco. It is so good. So that's my favorite, but there are so many great recipes that are super easy. They look beautiful. Your friends will come over and be like, whoa, did you get this catered? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it is not about the time spent in the kitchen or the preparation or about the perfection. I say it is all about the people. And so how can we get Mm -hmm. from the kitchen to the table faster um, Mm -hmm. so that we can spend that time with our people? And food is just that natural conduit that just brings people together. So how do we include food (laughs) and include good food, um, but not have to break the bank or, you know, bend over backwards to make it happen? Yeah. Well, what are some advantages and or disadvantages 
to your prayer life and your spiritual life of being a single Christian woman? Well, the advantage is that I have all the time in the world. So I have no excuses for not spending time with Jesus. Um, I, you know, I, I covet this time. Um, and I have not always coveted it and whether or not I'm getting close to the end of it or not. Um, it has been a very fruitful season. Well, let me rephrase that when I realized when the light bulb went on for me, that this season was a time that I got to be selfish with my time with Jesus and I didn't have to fit it into my day that I, it just got to be a part of my day. Um, I began to covet those moments. Um, the fact that I can get six Bibles out and go through, uh, you know, a verse by verse study and spend an hour doing it and not have to worry about the baby crying or the husband's hungry or the kids are coming home from school. I just get to sit and soak up the Lord. I, that, that is the advantage. Now I'm not married. So I don't know that I would think the, the disadvantage would be that I don't have anyone in my day-to-day life that is encouraging and affirming me outside of like family outside of, you know, my community, my friends, but I don't have someone in my home that is walking through those things with me, that is calling out those, you know, bad parts of me that might come out from time to time, um, keeping me accountable in the most loving and gentle way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm relying on the Holy spirit, which is not a bad place to be, but I think that there is a lot of value to your husband spurring you on in love, your husband lifting you up in prayer, your husband walking through moments of your life with you, um, that I don't get to experience, um, not to say I don't experience them with friends or with family, but I think that there is a unique, um, bond that I haven't been a part of because I'm single. Well, and I think it's no matter who's listening and what stage of life she's in, there's always the temptation to want to speed past it and, and to look at what's lacking. And like you said, it's like the light bulb has to go off that where you are at this moment is where God has you and look for the benefits and look for the the things that you won't be able to get back when that season changes. And I love that focus and that just awareness of right now, these are the things that are, you know, these are the things that are really good and that I will miss when the next season opens up. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that that's so true. I like, I, I will miss them, but I, I, I hope that the single person that's listening doesn't hear me say that it's not hard, that I'm not sad that there aren't moments of life where I'm discouraged, but that there were, there is also a moment where the Holy spirit can redirect that energy and use it to glorify God instead of using it to focus on self. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, what would you say? We're got to kind of wrap up things here. Um, but what would you say for the single woman listening who just struggles with feeling unseen or lonely and, and just is looking for someone to just give her advice or a first step? Know that you're seen, know that that part of you, that longing, that desire to be loved and known and chosen and fully loved by a a man is, um, completely validated and that your single sisters feel the same thing. Even if we do a, a, a good job at masking it or putting a brand on it for the world, there are moments in our quiet time in our, in our prayer closet that we struggle with that. And we are shouting at Jesus (laughs) to help, um, us in that, in that part. So know that you're validated in your struggles, but also that God doesn't call us to kind of impatiently wait, but eagerly wait, but wait expectantly on what he's going to provide. And in that time of waiting, don't just sit back. Don't just, don't just sit idly by and watch your life just kind of past, like use this time to spend time with Jesus and to throw yourself in your community. You have an opportunity as a single person to serve married people, to serve families that have five kids that don't have time for a meal. I find that sometimes when I have a a bad day, when I'm going through something, I will call a friend that has a couple kids and say, can I come over? I'm going to bring dinner and I would love to eat at your table with you and your family tonight Mm -hmm. and, or tomorrow night or whatnot. And I I did this just last week. And my girlfriend, Lindsay said, Abby, I can't tell you, I didn't know this. She had been traveling. They had been traveling for three or four days as a family. And she did not know what she was going to put on the table that night for dinner. She was like, I guess I'm ordering pizza. And I had called her and I said, can I bring over spaghetti and meatballs? And she said, absolutely. I was (laughs) right. I was the dinner. I was the distraction for the kids for a minute. I was the com the adult conversation at the dinner table. You know, her kids got to love on somebody other hang on somebody other than them while they ate. And so it was a way that I was able to bless her. And just like I said, like it helped me take my vision off of self and put my vision on someone else and serve. And when we do that, when we have that mindset shift, that's where God works on our heart and God works on other people for his glory. And you have a unique opportunity as single women to serve others that might need you to come it, it might be easier for you to serve others right now than it will be in five or 10 or 15 years. And so, um, don't lose sight of that, but know that you're validated, but also know that God has a plan for you today and tomorrow and the next day. And not to, not to forget that his plan is perfect. His timing is perfect And hindsight will always be 2020. So always be looking for how is God trying to use me? How is God, what is he trying to teach me? How is God trying to grow me um, in a relationship with him? Um, Because when we start focusing on those questions, instead of why am I still single? Why do I not have this? Why have you not given this to me? We start 
shifting our, our focus on God instead of self. Mm-hmm. Well, that just that picture of you going to that friend's house with the kids and the win-win of, you know, even if you hadn't brought dinner, just to have someone else to, to be there, to engage with, to, to be not even a distraction for the kids, but a blessing for the kids. Um, that just reminds me that for anyone who is not single, who is listening, who might have kids or, you know, might, might have a need open your eyes, you know, that we need to open our eyes to those single friends in our community and our churches that might not feel comfortable asking to bring dinner over or to come, you know, that might be too shy or might not even know enough people to know, to ask that question and open that door. I think that that is a win-win for everybody and such a I love how you said that because I think a lot of times I think about the ways I'm such an extrovert, the ways I can go and insert my, my life into other people's lives. Um, but that is something that even for my friends that have, have gotten married recently, it's like, just because I'm single, doesn't mean I don't want to hang out with you because you're married or you have kids like invite single people over. We long for you know, families and husband and wife, like we long for that. And so invite us into that so we can experience just a little taste of it, um, in our waiting. I love it. That is so good. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being here and where can our listeners find you online and hang out with you on social media and find your book? Yeah. I spend the majority of my time on Instagram. Um, I'm a millennial, not a whatever the new guy is. <laughs> Next gen is. So I'm not, on, I'm not hardly on TikTok. Um, but I'm on Instagram, a tabletop affair. You can also find all of my recipes on Pinterest at a tabletop affair, um, a tabletop affair.com and the book, the living table recipes and devotions for the everyday get together is on Amazon, Walmart, target. It's in Barnes and Noble. Um, and it's in quite a few, um, kitchen stores. So if you see yours in a, in, if you see it in one of your kitchen stores, um, in your community tag me, I love to see where it kind of pops up. Oh, that makes me want to go check out our kitchen stores so I can, so I can do that. I'll remember that. I love it. Well, thank you, Abby. How can we, we're going to close in prayer. How can we pray for you today? Yeah. You know, I have a lot of plates in the air, I guess, balls. I need to figure out which ball can drop and bounce and which draw, which ball is a marble ball and will, you know, or a glass shatter. ball shatter upon impact. So, you know, just trying to, to balance, stay balanced and mm-hmm. juggle the balls and, you know, figure out where God, um, is calling me who, um, God is calling me to, mm-hmm. um, in the next, um, few months. All right. Well, we will do that. Well, thank you so much for good conversation and guys, you got to try the goat cheese balls. They're so good. <laughs> and many, many other beautiful recipes in that book. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for Abby. Thank you for this conversation and just this time and space to focus on singles, single Christian women. Lord, we just um, lift up any woman listening who does feel lonely, who does feel unseen and who found this episode just searching for hope and a lifeline. 
God, we just pray in Jesus name that you would wash over her with your love and just wrap her up like a warm blanket that she can feel that your Holy Spirit would minister to her deepest needs, would remind her of your love and that she's valuable and beautiful and seen. God, we just lift Abby up to you today and pray your blessings upon blessings on her, God, on her life, on her writing, on her ministry, her work, her family, her home, all of the things, God. And we just pray that you would continue to just show her along the way, every step of the way, just glimpses of your hand so lovingly at work in every detail of her life and so intricately involved, even in the things that she might not even find as important. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would um, give her wisdom to know which balls can drop and which need to be tenderly and gingerly kept up in the air. Um, Lord, that you would be the voice that she hears and responds to that you would silence all of the others. There's so much noise, so many people and things vying for our attention and so many false responsibilities that we put on ourselves. God, we just pray she'd be able to shed those and that the burden would be lifted to just chase after your perfect plans for her, the anointed plans that you've specifically chosen her for and that she would see those and and do those with confidence and boldness and enthusiasm and energy in jesus name amen thanks for joining us on today's episode of the praying christian women podcast we'd love to hear from you so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.